December 10th. A few seconds later, what Elizabeth had thought was a bird took off and flew down in a spiral towards the pilgrims. Joachim woke up the next day and opened the tenth door in the magic advent calendar. Today there was a picture of an angel at the top of a church tower. Empuriel. It happened at Paderborn at the end of the 13th century. Into the little town, halfway between Hanover and Cologne, rushed a frisky flock of sheep, followed by the two shepherds, a black king, a little girl in a red jacket and blue pants, and an angel with outspread wings. It was early in the morning. Only a night watchman was out in the streets. He called out sternly to the two shepherds, who were chasing their flocks of sheep through the town. The next moment he saw the angel hovering above the cobblestones. Then he raised his arms to the sunrise and exclaimed, Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Whereupon he returned around the corner, leaving the streets to the godly processions. They stopped in front of a church in the middle of the town. That's St. Bartholomew's Church, said Ephiria. It was built in the 11th century and is named after one of Jesus' twelve apostles. It is said of Bartholomew that he journeyed all the way to India to tell the people there about Jesus. Elizabeth has noticed something strange. She pointed up to the spire on the church tower. There's a white bird sitting up there, she said. Ephiria smiled. If only there were, he sighed. A few seconds later, what Elizabeth had thought was a bird took off and flew down in a spiral towards the pilgrims. Long before it landed, Elizabeth realized that it wasn't a bird at all, but an angel. But it was not a grown angel. It was no longer than she was herself. The child angel alighted right in front of Elizabeth's feet. Hi! he exclaimed. My name is Imuriel, and I'm coming with you to Bethlehem. He whirled around a little, peered up at Caspar and the two shepherds, and behaved very frivolously. Finally, he looked up to Ephiriel and said, I've been waiting for a quarter of an eternity. Caspar cleared his throat firmly. <clears throat> It was obvious he had something on his mind. A quarter of an eternity, he began. That's about 66,289 years, or about 156,498 years, or more exactly 439,811,977 years, or perhaps even a little more. It's not easy to say exactly how long a quarter of an eternity lasts. First, you have to find out how long a whole eternity lasts. Then you have to divide it by four, but exactly how long a whole eternity lasts is very difficult to calculate. No matter which number you start with, eternity will, in fact, last even longer. So one can say that a quarter of an eternity is exactly as long as a whole eternity. Even a thousandth of an eternity is precisely just as long as the whole of the rest of the eternity. This is extremely difficult to understand, for calculating whole or half or quarter eternities is a matter for heaven alone. The sheriff Imuria looked offended. In any case, I've been sitting on top of the church tower for hours, he said. Very possibly, but that's not the same as sitting there for a quarter of an eternity, said Caspar. 
to avoid a quarrel between the wise men and the sheriff, and not just a quarter of a quarrel, Joshua struck the cobblestone with the croc, saying, To Bethlehem! Come on, to Bethlehem! They set off through the town and out along the roads and cattle trails. And Muriel leaped in front of the five sheep. So the pilgrims were guarded by angels on both ends. They saw many towns and villages, but didn't stop until they came to the old Roman colonial city of Cologne on the bank of the Rhine River. Ephiriel had explained that their route through Europe had been planned so they would be seen by as few people as possible. Angel Time says it's 1272 years after Christ, he said, pointing up on a big cathedral that was being built. They've started to build the great cathedral of Cologne, but it won't be finished for many hundreds of years. Joshua banged with the croc to Bethlehem, off to Bethlehem. And Muriel turned around and said, Wonderful countryside, isn't it? We are going up the marvelous Rhine Valley. There are fortresses and castles, steep vineyards and Gothic cathedrals, dungeons and rhubarb. They hurried along the bank of the biggest river Elizabeth had ever seen. The valley became narrower and narrower and the mountains higher and higher. They ran past small towns and villages. Out on the river floated an occasional barge. As they sped through the beautiful landscape, Elizabeth turned to Ephiriel and asked whether he had met Muriel before. The angel thought her question was a funny one. He couldn't help laughing. All the angels in heaven have known each other through all eternity, he said. Are there a lot of you? Yes, a whole host. How can you all know each other then? We've had all eternity to get to know each other, and that's a very long time. Elizabeth had to think hard to understand what Ephiriel meant. The angel went on. If you have a party that lasts for three hours, you shouldn't invite more than five or six guests so that everyone will be able to talk to everyone else. But if the party lasts for three whole days, you can easily have 50 or more guests. Elizabeth nodded. She had discussed this with Mama every year about her birthday. Ephira spread his arms. The heavenly party has lasted for all eternity. Elizabeth wanted to know more. Do all the angels have different names? Of course, otherwise we couldn't address each other. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been people either. And Ephiria began to recite all the angel names one by one. The angels in heaven are called Ariel, Beriel, Kukuriel, Daniel, Ephiriel, Fabiel, Gabriel, Hamamuribel, Impuriel, Joachiel, Kachaduriel, Luxuriel, Michael, Nariel. That's enough, said Elizabeth. How long would you have to go on talking to name all the angels? I would have had to go on for all eternity. Elizabeth shook her head. That's pretty good going, to remember all the names by heart. With all eternity at your disposal, it's not so difficult. Elizabeth felt dizzy, but she wasn't going to give up. Anyway, I think it's very clever to think up so many different names, all ending in E-L. Ephiriel nodded. God's imagination is just as infinite as there are infinitely many stars in the sky. No angel is exactly like another. Nor are humans either. You can make a thousand identical machines, but they are so easy to make that even a human can do it. 
Finally, the angel Ephiriel said something that Elizabeth hid in her heart. Every person on earth is a unique work of creation. Joachim smiled to himself. It had been so much fun to read about all the angels. Suddenly he heard Mama on the landing. He slid the paper under his pillow. Mama leaned over the bed to peep in the calendar. An angel, she said, on a church tower. And then something stupid happened. Again, Joachim forgot that he wasn't supposed to talk about what he had read. Perhaps it was because he was trying to remember all those strange angel names, he said. That's the cherub Imuriel. Mama stared at him. Imuriel? Joachim nodded. He thought it was a nice name for a mischievous angel. He's sitting on the top of St. Bartholomew's church. He's been sitting there for a quarter of an eternity, but now he's about to take off and fly in a spiral down to Elizabeth and the others. Mama didn't say anything to Joachim. Instead, she called Papa. When he came into the room, he asked Joachim to tell him what the church in the picture was called. Oh no, only then did Joachim realize that he had said too much. St. Bartholomew's church, he said. Bartholomew went all the way to India and told the people there about Jesus. But the churches in Germany, in Paderborn, or something like that. Mama and Papa looked at each other. I'll check it in the encyclopedia, said Papa. Then we'll find out. When he came back, he looked as if he had met an angel or two on the landing. He's right. The town's called Paderborn, and there really is an old San Bartholomew's church there. They were staring at Joachim, just as they had done the time he ate nearly all the Christmas cookies the day before Christmas Eve. Papa took the magic advent calendar down from the wall and inspected it on both sides. Then he was putting it back again. And how did you hear about Bartholomew? asked Papa, or about Paderborn, for that matter. At school, said Joachim. Is that the truth? Either you were allowed to tell lies about Christmas presents, or you weren't. Yes, whispered Joachim. By then, it was so late that there was no more time to discuss Bartholomew and Muriel or Paderborn. Neither Mama nor Papa had time to make their sandwiches for lunch. Joachim's most important victory that morning was that he managed to hide the thin piece of paper in a secret box before he ran off to school. He hid the key in the bookshelf. When he came home from school, Mama was there. She had opened his secret box. She had opened his secret box. Mama had done something she had promised she would never do. She had broken a solemn promise. She had done something that was just as bad as opening people's letters. On the dining table, there lay ten sheets of thin paper that Joachim had found in the magic advent calendar. He was furious. He was so angry with Mama that he felt like hitting her. You promised me that the secret box was mine and that you'd never ever open it, he said. So you tell lies and you steal too. Then Papa came home. He had talked to Mama on the phone. It was he who said she should find the key and open the secret box. They had to find out how Joachim knew so many strange names and used so many grown-up words. Joachim said they shouldn't have been allowed to have children. People who tell lies to their children might suddenly hit them as well, he said. And that was against the law. 
They could at least have waited until he came home from school and asked him if they could open the box. Finally, he managed to say that he had hidden all the mysterious scraps of paper because he wanted to wrap them up and give them to Mama and Papa for Christmas. He said he'd throw them away and the magic calendar as well. Then he began to cry. He ran into his room and slammed the door as hard as he could. He was never going to forgive them. He would never listen to them again. Never, ever. He would never believe anything they say. Never. Joachim sat on his bed and looked up the magic advent calendar. But his eyes were so full of tears that the colors slid into one another and he could not pick out the angels from the shepherds in the field. Everything was ruined. The advent calendar had become ordinary, like every other advent calendar. It wasn't the least bit magical anymore. After a long time, something began to sing in his ears. And the song he heard was, Zabet Tebas, Zabet Tebas, Zabet Tebas. It was such a mysterious song that he began to realize that it didn't make any difference whether Mama and Papa knew about the scraps of paper in the advent calendar. Perhaps the magic advent calendar was so full of secrets that it would be enough for the whole family. He had still not told them that he had met John. That was something he had kept to himself. There was a knock on the door. Joachim didn't answer, but after a little while, Papa opened the door cautiously. It's true, we did something stupid, he said. Then Mama came up. Can you forgive us, she said. Joachim stared at the floor. Maybe. Nobody said anything. Did you read what was on the papers? asked Joachim. I suppose I did, Mama said. But you see, I don't know which piece of paper came out of the calendar first. Maybe you can show us? Maybe you read it to Papa? Joachim considered carefully. Well, all right. In a way, he was a little relieved. From now on, he had no need to hide anything. Besides, he would be able to ask Mama and Papa if he reads something he didn't understand. From now on, the magic advent calendar would be the whole family's advent calendar.